Ladies and gentlemen, for the few in attendance and the thousands who will be listening around the world, let's get ready to podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of A Tribe Called Dylan Podcast. We're so excited that you joined us. I'm Angie Dylan, And I'm Rose Dylan, And I'm Alvin Dylan. And before we get into today's content, I have a teeny tiny request from you for our Spotify listeners. If you are not on YouTube, I know sometimes you're not going to want to watch things, but if I can urge you to go onto our YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button to follow us, we have a goal to hit 500 and we want to grow our channel. So we desperately need your support. And to those of you that are not following us on YouTube, or if you're just watching, please go ahead and click on that subscribe button to help us grow our digital family a little bit bigger. And then we can hit that 500 goal, hopefully by end of the year or before. Thank you very much. And just before this episode, my energy was totally almost screwed out by my sister because I Guilty. mucked up because I mucked up the intro. So here's what I want to show you. Maybe we'll play that clip. But this is, uh, you know, a passion project of ours It's something that we're doing, you know, with the intention of trying to help people connect stories and share. And it's also therapeutic from us because we're learning a lot about ourselves. Right. We're reflecting on things and we're growing as individuals. So every week when we come to you, we want you to know that we put a lot of effort into like content creation and talking about things that we help really in the end, in the long run, it's going to elevate, motivate, and inspire you. So my sister just about buzzkill this for me today. And I'm very sorry to the viewers. I'm sending her positive vibes now to pick her right back up. Thank you. And I wanted to share that because we want to be authentic and we want to share real moments. We don't all just every week come like, ah, hi. Like, we're not all like this. We have good days and bad days. But even when we have bad days, we just got to soldier through because we want to make sure we get the content out and that we're consistent and that you can rely on us every week to talk to you because end of the day, we're all just trying to figure out life together. That's the name I of like the game. I like that, Well, I'm actually happy that I pissed you off then because that was a really great explanation to our viewers. So, you know, and that worked out well. I just it didn't to work out well for me. I had to hear that shit in my left ear. <laughs> That's what happens, right? You have a podcast with siblings yep. and I want our listeners and our viewers to know it's not always hunky-dory. Like sometimes I want to beat the crap out of these two. They probably want to beat the crap out of me. We sometimes screw up in our segue, but at the end of the day, we're so passionate to get the information out there because we want to help lighten the load. We want to help our listeners and our viewers, and we really want to thrive together. Like that is my motto. Our motto is let's thrive together. I love it, Ange. That's okay. great. So today I'm actually, well, actually, before we get into today's content, I want to show you guys what I got. And to my uh, listeners and viewers, go on to YouTube. I finally, finally went and got an automatic watch. That's like a good watch. Yeah. It probably cool, is. But, but here's the thing with me. You know, I always like to purchase things that are different and not what everybody always goes and buy. I always have unique pieces, especially with my jewelry. Uh my silver, I had a silver Michael Kors bezel watch. It's beautiful. The light would catch, you know, when the sun's hitting it, it would bling bling. But every 12 months, I'd go and change the battery. It was starting to drive me nuts. And I think over the last five years, the battery has cost more than the cost of the watch. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. The watch was only $100. But I think every time you go change it, it's like the battery replacement is $15 to $25. Oh, wow. So in five years, you do the math. I'm like, I got so upset so the day that I went and got my watch, uh, the battery replacement change, I turned around like, do you guys have any automatic watches? One that I never have to change the battery. And they said, we do. 
And you know, I love a good deal. So there was a sale on, I couldn't say no. So this is my watch. I like it. It's really cool. It's, that's definitely mm-hmm. you. It's different. It's me. I stick to, I, I just have my Apple watch because I like to monitor my sleep. I like to monitor my breathing. I like to monitor how many miles I walked today, mm-hmm. how much I worked out. So that's mm-hmm. my guy. And I just charge it every night. Yeah. I don't that's, wear a watch because I always know what time it is. Oh, okay. Well, no, let's talk about your watch. You're just, you don't want to go to the bathroom wear one, change. No, because I always just bank it into stuff. So oh. every watch I get, it's like glass breaking. I'm always doing something with my hands. And mm-hmm. so I was like, the only time I wear it is that I need to like fill up this part of my shirt if it's too short or something. When you're wearing a dress Yeah, it's the only time you really need it. Even then the watch doesn't work. I don't change the battery on it. I just leave it because who looks at a watch and really easy all the time? I, I just look at my phone. Well, you know what's funny, Ashley? I remember our cousin's wedding reception back in 2019, and I wore this with my beautiful outfit. <laughs> and someone came up to me and said, "Like we were wearing a watch with your outfit." I was like, "Yeah, so I'm going to dance tonight. I'd like to keep track with how many steps I take." <laughs> That's right. That's true. And it's like as if you don't know you're wearing yeah. a watch, yeah, like right? It doesn't match. I'm like, I'm very much aware of it, but my steps and dancing are far more important than. Mm-hmm. everything else matching together. I'm a little old school and old fashioned. I like to wear a watch uh, and I also like to have statement pieces like of different mm. like watches or jewelry, um, you know, pieces that stand out. But this is where you and I differ because I don't want a watch to tell me, hey, you've done 12,000 steps. Hey, you need to walk around. You know, the Apple watch will tell yep. people to That's get up, I love move it. around it and breathe. breathe. Yep. Yeah, I don't want anyone. I know when I need to get up and move my body, I just do it. I need a reminder because there's some days where I'm sitting in front of the computer and like, Literally two hours will go by and I'm like, I didn't have a glass of water. I haven't moved. And then I'll say, please stand. I'm like, thank you for reminding me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's get into today's content. I'm so excited to talk about this, uh, this week's or today's content, I should say. And it's something that we're going to be highlighting and showcasing our culture. And it actually had been, I think a week went by that I didn't actually even turn on the TV because I was working on content stuff. I got busy with work, but guess what? It's the drum roll out. You're gonna have to play some ding 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 music or something. Season three of Indian matchmaking is out, y'all. Oh snap! Ooh, shout out to Simiati. Yeah. Sim- Hello, Hello Sima from, from Mumbai. Sima from Mumbai. Yeah, you said Simi, aren't you? Is this yeah, Simi, Sima. Hello, I'm Sima, Sima from I'm Mumbai. I'm sure her friends call her Simi every now and then too. I don't think she has just one set name. She's Sima from Mumbai. And I bet you her friends probably who know her probably call her Simi. Don't get it. I, I love that every room she walks into every single time, like those people don't know her. And she says, hello, I'm Seema from Mumbai. I love yeah. that. I, I love wonder that if she does life. that while she is in Mumbai and she goes. I, don't care. Yeah, public, it's a good you know, I think it's her I brand. Seema from down the street. That's her branding. I think that's her brand. Yeah, I right? love it. She's so yeah, cute. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I want to talk to you. Let's just get right into it because I'm so pumped. I've only watched uh, three episodes and I wanted to pause it because I think there's only eight. So I want to really enjoy it. Okay. So season three now showcases between Mumbai, I think Delhi, London, and New York. So it's pivoting between these three uh, countries and cities. So, and she talked about this in the intro. This is her motto. So Simi Auntie's motto is still proceed with a relationship even if there's only a 60 to 70% compatibility compatibility ratio. That's what she's saying. You know, when they get the the information about the couples and, you know, the families are looking at it. Do you agree with this formula? A hundred percent. Why? You, there's, that's the problem with our generation is we're looking for 150%. Um, you get six out of your 10 things. By the way, this is how I sell my technology. I tell them, you know, technology is like finding a girlfriend. You get six out of 10 things that you ask for. You are lucky. So yes, go with a reasonable expectation. You're not going to find the perfect person. They're not going to hit all the bells and whistles, but you have your deal breakers um, and use that as your crutch to make the decisions. If you have a connection, if you've got an attraction, 
um, the little small stuff you can, mm-hmm. you can build on that. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Al? You think 67%, that's good. That's a good compatibility, compatibility ratio to proceed with uh, meeting someone. Yeah, I think so. You're never going to have hundred percent in anything, even in computers and robotics, there's still some margin of failure Mm -hmm. and margin of error. Mm -hmm. So I, I agree with that. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a fair statement. I'm kind of like on the fence about it because I think if you've got 80% 80% compatibility compatibility ratio, you're kind of going in there knowing that, okay, you know what? They kind of check all the boxes. Like this could be a slam dunk, uh, you know, and I think we might have things in common, but at the same time, you could be 80% compatible, but yet not be physically attracted to the individual. So that's a, that's another negative one. But if you got 60 to 70% compatibility ratio, but the person's like, Hey, like they're not, you know, a little bit of an eye candy, you might kind of bend a little bit on some things and say, Hey, okay, you know what? I was opting for looks. They kind of give me the sparks. I'm willing to, you know, kind of bend on some components if we get along in these aspects. What do you think? Interesting. Yeah. Because let's be real. I know she gets upset when when people do this, when girls ask this, but like, you got to have some element of physical attraction. Like, I've never met anyone that's gone, you know, gone on a date that said, uh, that I I didn't feel the sparks or I wasn't, they weren't attractive enough. I hear that all the time from people. But I also think that, um, uh, the attraction builds. Like, I think if you go out with a person two, three times, four times, you can find them attractive. I think about myself when I laugh, you guys always laugh at me that I'm obsessed with Elon Musk, not because he's a billionaire. I'm attracted to him because his mind is so cool. The way he processes information, the way he speaks, I could listen to him for hours and hours. And I find that very attractive. So mm-hmm. physically he's nothing, you know, exciting, but for me, I find him very physically attractive because he mentally stimulates me. But if he wasn't Elon Musk and you I, didn't I agree, know who yeah. he was, if I, if and I you had to yes. go on a blind date with yes. him, I don't think that I think connection. I would if he had that same mind. If yeah. that person had that mind, I would definitely say, okay, there's something here for me to want to engage in because I've come to realize it, realize about myself is I need to be mentally engaged. I find I need to have someone who stimulates me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not really into physical attraction so much anymore, or, or we work out together. I need you to challenge me. I need you to make me think outside of the box. Um, when I give you an answer, why did you get there? How did you get there? Yeah. I actually really appreciate that. Yeah. An attractive mind is a great quality. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Okay. So, so in essence, when SEMA auntie says 60 to 70% compatibility ratio, do you think Rose, she's asking people to settle? No, I don't. I think she's asking, what she's saying is to be realistic okay. because what you're going to, what your compatibilities are today, as you both grow and evolve, your compatibilities are going to change. Things are going to evolve. But if you build something together and have a foundation, those things are going to mm-hmm. change and evolve and you're still going to have um, a good bond that yeah. makes sense. A I strength. think I think her 60 to 70% means like, Hey, are you willing to meet the person halfway? At yes. Least, right. Yes. Yeah. And that's a pretty decent number. 60, 70%. You're above the halfway point. Mm-hmm. Al, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think it's settling. I think it's yeah, being realistic about what, what's really out there. You want a hundred percent and you might find yourself dying alone and living alone for the rest of your life because it's just not possible. And if you mm-hmm. want all those things on the list. And what are you providing? Are you providing that 10 out of 10 too? And saying, Oh, look, I have all these attributes. I have all this. I check all the boxes. So that's what I should be getting. You there's no human in the world checks every single box. It's yeah. just not, it's yeah, not yeah. possible. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to the next one here. This one actually bothered me a lot. So I don't know if you've seen this one. So there's Priya. Priya is this really sweet girl from London. She um, mentioned that 
um, that she's she's divorced. And she also said said this and her parents said this, that in our Indian culture, it's still a little frowned upon if you're divorced. So there's some shame that comes around with it. I think the the mindset is starting to change. I think people in our culture are being more open to that. But what are your thoughts about this? Do you think yeah. that's still derogatory in our culture being divorced? Yes, absolutely. Being a divorced woman, I feel the the looks, you feel the energy, you feel the judgment. It's absolutely there. It's unfortunate because nobody wants to be divorced. I, at least I can say I never want to be divorced. I thought I was going to get married and die old with this person. So I don't think that's something that people should judge us on or look down upon is because I can say, I'm sure for most women too, and for myself, you do whatever it takes to try to make your marriage work. You don't walk away, especially as an Indian woman, unless you realize you can't save this. And both parties walk away when they know that they just cannot save this. And maybe they're better off being friends um, or, or, you know, not being friends. But um, I don't think it's fair that women, divorced women get put into that box. It's not fair. Yeah. And I think it doesn't matter if you're from the Indian culture and you're divorced. I think just that word divorce in general, like going across all cultures, um, there shouldn't be any shame around that. You know, sometimes two good people get together and it just doesn't work out. And it's okay because, you know, sometimes let's say if you're 20 and who you are at the age of 30, you're not going to be that same person. You may have picked a different partner. So to me, that always drives me um, up the wall because I always feel, or at least I felt this, not so much now. I felt that people kind of looked at you like you're a loser when you're a divorced. failure. They look like at you're you like you're a failure, you like you yep. couldn't even do yep. this. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now, here's the thing. Now, in season three, Seema Aunty mentions this in a clip here, and this clip irked me. So she said that to to the uh, to the audience. She said that Priya shouldn't be very picky and because she has a disadvantage. And so the disadvantage she talks about is being divorced. Ugh! So this comment really bothered me because just because you're divorced, it shouldn't mean that you're any different than someone else who's single or even widowed. So the fact that she said that on camera um, really irked me that she said she has a disadvantage. I don't think being divorced is a disadvantage. I think you actually have an advantage. I agree. Because you know what it takes to make a marriage yes. or a relationship work. And, yes. and 99% of the time when couples um, divorce or they part ways or they get separated, that's because, you know what? You fought damn hard for that relationship. And sometimes you just put your dukes up and be like, you know what? It's just, I'm not going to fight anymore now. It's time to just call it a day. I agree. I think um, I can say for myself, I, I come from a place of advantage now because that divorce forced me to do the inner work, to do the childhood healing, the trauma, counseling, the psychedelics, do whatever it took to figure out where did I go wrong? Because in a relationship, it's two people, it's 50-50, right? So for me, it helped me to realize, okay, I, if I was to get married again, I don't ever want to get divorced again. It was a very painful process and a painful experience that I will do whatever it takes to ensure my marriage works. Mm -hmm. So if that means we got to go to counseling every day or whatever it takes, I will not throw in the towel ever again. And hence why I would be very cautious when I do that the second time around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think with, I think with um, the title divorcees, you just get a bad reputation. It, it uh, you know, it's frowned upon and they, you almost feel like less than, well, okay, because I'm, you know, not single. Um, this is, I have to settle for something. And I think that is just, nonsense. If you're divorced, you have the same rights as anybody else that's single, that's widowed. And I think society doesn't set up, set us up for success as well, because it drives me up the wall when I am filling out forms and that divorce box is there. Like how many times are you going to remind me that I am divorced? It could be 10 years. Cause I'm going on now seven years or eight years. And it's like, listen, at some point, 
It's just like, you know, when it's like the, um, what is that? There's, there's something in law after a certain amount of time. Uh, it's just like you've they gone pardon past- you just like a bankruptcy. Yeah. They should pardon you and put you back to single status. Yeah. And so it should be just, you know, if you've been single for five years, you're not involved with anybody. Now you get to take the single box. It drives, it drives me up the wall that you still want someone to constantly remind that, oh yes, they were divorced. But if that person goes and gets remarried, now they're taking off the married box. But those of us who are still divorced, we're still picking off the, the box that d- says divorce. And you're reminding that person of what their worth is. Mm-hmm. And we're, that's wait, wait, wait. This is why I love what um, Dr. Dre did when he got divorced. He went and got a sweater made and it says divorced as fuck. But that's what I mean, that's right? Nice. We got to start changing these things. Yep. And, and and you don't constantly need to remind somebody or the government doesn't need to remind somebody that, hey, you're a divorce. Like we get it every year when you're, you know, you're picking your CRA box marks and what is your status? Like at some point, if my status is single or married, why does it matter? I'm not a burden to society. Yep. I think there's too much power and weight in the word and the sanctity of marriage. I agree. I just think it's just like, in my head, everyone, as you get older, people are like, oh, you're this age, you're not married yet. And everyone that said that to me, and I look at them, I'm like, if you're the definition of what a marriage is supposed to be, I'd rather be single my whole life. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be single my whole life because I'm not going to just settle for something because I'm end up like you. And you're in a position, it's always the people that are not happy with their own stuff or the ones like, oh, you should get married. You should do this. I'm like, you should find happiness first, okay, before you start spreading shit. <laughs> yeah, let's do Okay, let's talk about a really funny one. And we have to explain this one to those listeners and watchers um, that don't know what this is. Let's talk about the bio data. <laughs> Oh, I know what that is. The bio data is really that in this. I would, love, I would love to use her services. I would totally use her services all down. Work is done for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Height, age, um, mm-hmm. uh, educational, his veg- vegetarian, non veg all that. I a, love it. I think it's fantastic. She's okay. like old school AI. Yeah. <laughs> a bio data is basically your personal resume about your characteristics, your qualities, your ethnicity, the food you eat, your hobbies. It is basically your res- your profile. Yeah. But on paper. Yep. Yeah. What's, what do you think? Do you think she should just scrap that? Um, you know, the only thing I don't like about the bio data that I picked up, I haven't watched season three from season one and two was... Um, it's so much focused on their education and their occupation. This is have a really big thing on focusing on, on your level of education or your level of um, what you do. What about, are you a good person? Are you kind? Are you generous? Are you compassionate? Um, what's your lifestyle like? Are you mm-hmm. sitting on a couch nine hours after work? Um, how many days do you drink beer and wine? Or, you know, mm-hmm. we don't ask these important questions, your which lifestyle. make a relationship work. Your, your occupation is just an aspect yeah. of who you are. But who, what is your lifestyle? What is your values? Mm-hmm. What is your vision? Mm-hmm. I feel, I, I agree, Rose, with that one because I noticed that too. Um, I feel our, culture and maybe other cultures do as well, but they measure success by your occupation, yes. by the level status. of your intelligence your and your status. And the dollar signs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Doctors and dentists have it like way up there. Yep. And then if you're an engineer and if you're a lawyer, yep. but if you're just a blue collar worker, then you're just kind of frowned upon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've explained bio data. Okay. Uh, this one irks me <laughs> at some point. Do you think, do you think they should stop introducing the parents when the guy and girl first meets? Cause that's awkward. Yeah. I think for your first meeting, you probably should just meet on your own. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I think it's just too much. If that was me meeting the first time, like you're, you're right at the first meeting where you decide whether you're going to see the person again or not. 
And now when you say that, you're not just saying no to her the first time. You're saying no to her aunt, uncle, the neighbor, the gardener, the, everybody that's 12, 12 people living in the house. You're saying all no to them. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is a little daunting. Like, yeah. Um, I just feel like that's very still old school. Like you need to, mm-hmm. you're, you got a Netflix special and you're still doing it the old yeah. school way. You got the bio data and the whole family, meet them first. Yeah. <laughs> right off the bat, yeah. right? Like, like, that's, that's we get when you get married, you marry the family too, but like mm-hmm. not on your first date, you don't marry uh, yeah. the family. I think they should pivot on that. They should just have the couple first meet and exchange ideas or, you know, talk about if they have any interests. And if there's some sort of compatibility, then say, hey, would you like mm-hmm. to meet my parents? Because some of these guys don't even make it to the second round. Have you right. noticed? But they meet the family and then you right. feel bad for the guy and the girl. Well, and you can see that. I, th- I think the reason they do it is probably for the show because it's so awkward that mm-hmm. I love watching it too. I'm like, oh my God, this is so awkward for them. I do yeah. feel bad for the guys yeah. that have to come into the girl's house mm-hmm. and meet it. Maybe we should do that to the girls. Maybe the girls have to go yeah. into the guy's mm-hmm. family and meet all of them for the first time. Yeah. But yeah. I wonder what you do is where if you say, yeah, I do want to see this person again. And on the second date, you go meet the family and you meet the family and you're like, yeah, I would not marry this family. I like that her, is but I true. Like the family. Mm-hmm. Because that, is, yeah. that happens a lot too. There's people like you'd be like, okay, I like the person, but that family's intense. I don't know if I want to take yeah. on that responsibility. Right. You can pick and choose your partner, but you can't pick and choose your family. Yep. Yeah, true. Okay. Now, so as the three of us who are born and raised in North America, and I know that we still uphold our Indian values and our culture, what do you think about the show? Do you think the show portrays us in a positive way? Yes. And I'm actually going to share a story with you that this is a true story that I just discovered a few weeks ago. Um, I have a friend who's also has parents that are married, same amount of time our parents have been married, which is 45 years. I was like, will your parents arrange your love? And uh, he's not Indian. So he was like, I'm, of course, it was a love marriage. And I was like, okay, how is your relationship today? He's like, oh, they, they hate each other. They live in separate bedrooms. They have, like they're basically living in the same house because they're growing old together. They have no relationship with one another. They sleep in separate beds and do their own separate things. And I thought, that's really sad. I go, well, my parents had an arranged marriage. I said, they're not perfect, but my dad still takes photos of my mom. He still plans vacation. They go away to the island or Parksville and he'll send us photos of her holding flowers and doing stuff. Um, and he still plans for her birthdays. He's like, no. So I started thinking about maybe there is something to this arranged marriage versus love marriage, because that's not the first time that I've heard a success rate of arranged marriages in the long term versus love marriages. So it got me thinking outside of my normal self thinking, which was love marriage is the only answer. Maybe there's something to this arranged marriage. Hmm. Okay. So there's something behind it, yeah. right? Al, what about you? What do you think? Do you th- what do you think? Do you think the show portrays our culture in a good way? I think it does generally, yeah, but it also shows some of our weak points of like how like you're specifying like how they really like like really hone in on the your occupation. Yeah. And obviously what comes occupation is how much money do you earn? And then the other thing is that uh, the divorce part of it, like they really like to mm-hmm. like outline that. Unfortunately, yeah, like people don't want to take that on or they it's the old school mindset of like, mm-hmm. oh, there must be something wrong with that person if yeah. they're divorced. Yeah. They don't look at the big story, but I think generally, yeah, I was like there could be some tweaks and whatnot, but it's a it's a pretty good show. I think. Mm-hmm. No, I do. I I think it's you know showcasing good too. Yeah, yeah it's it's showcasing our yeah. culture, a feud, you know, like our yeah. out- luxurious weddings, all of that, all that stuff. But I, what, the one thing that I, I I don't like, and I'm not a big fan of, um, I'm noticing that they're placing a lot of importance on finding. Um, 
the person or finding someone as the same religion or ethnic group as you. And right. I think at the end of the day, love is love. Love is Agreed. colorless. Love is like it religionless. religionless. It shouldn't have any limitations to your culture. Like if you love someone that is of a different nationality than you, then go for it because that's what makes the world such a beautiful place Agreed. when other cultures intermingle and then they co co-create. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I don't like. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? I agree when I, and I love mixed babies and they're the most beautiful babies that I see them all the time in the airport. And I agree that should never be uh, a factor determining factor. If you want to spend the rest of your life with a person based on the color of their skin or their religion, um, these are all social constructs, right? So uh, if you have your lifestyle in order and you've got your values aligned, your vision aligned, those should be your top three priorities. Um, I think I learned that from Lewis Howes, the LVV formula lifestyle, values, and vision. Yep. I agree. And I think you have to have non-negotiables when you're meeting someone. I always say this to everybody, get your top five non-negotiables. So like, let's say if you're a dog lover, if you're family oriented, if you love food, um, you know, if, you know, I, I mean, I'm just, I can't think off the top of my head. Smoker, non-smoker, yeah, non-smoker alcohol, you know, things drugs, like this. Yeah. Um, and you know, just if those things on your list are non-negotiable and the other person that you're interested in actually has those skills, I mean, has those attributes, chances are it's probably not a good, good, um, recipe for a successful relationship. But if you find someone that actually, you know, shares the same values as you, and that has the same non-negotiables, chances are there's a foundation there that you can probably grow something on down the road. Right. And I'm going to add to that because I think I did say this in one of the other episodes, and I'm going to bring it back to people really having to understand this. Cause I see this in America, a lot, a lot of relationships are not built on trust. Trust in the, is the absolute foundation of a relationship. Now I'm not talking about little white lies. Like, oh, she asked me if I look, she looked pretty in her dress. And I said, yes, but I didn't like it. Look, you know, those are little things, but major things when it comes into a relationship, you know, that is the concrete you're pouring that foundation. And if you don't have trust in a relationship, whether that's romantic or friendship, you don't have a relationship. Yeah. Don't proceed if there's no trust. Yes. I agree. If you yes. can't trust someone and you're in a, sh- in a relationship with somebody that's shady. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to work. It's a lot of stress. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I would love to see uh, Indian matchmaking show evolve into like where the Indian girls are bringing Caucasian yeah. men and vice versa. Like, let's get with the times a little yes. bit. Let's modernize that. That's my Agreed. only t- That's my only. See me, Andy, if you're listening, that's my only thing is let's make it more modern because the, the, um, in actuality, the trajectory of what's happening is there's a lot of interracial relationships. So mm-hmm. I'd like to see a little bit of that Agreed. showcase on the show. Anything to add, Al? No. Okay. I me. think that's all she wrote. Uh, and for those of our listeners and our watchers, if you have not seen, uh, Indian matchmaking, please go to Netflix and I'm not doing a promotion here for Netflix, but I'm just saying it's a really cool show about our culture and you can probably understand a little bit about, about our background of our culture. So in it's called Netflix's Indian matchmaking. Please check it out. Um, I think I'm going to call it a day and call it a wrap. Just want to say thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope it was a fun-filled episode where you got some content and learned a little bit about our culture, especially about Indian matchmaking and arranged marriages. Uh, The team and I wish you a great week. And until next week, please stay safe. Take care of yourself. We are signing off. It is a tribe called Dylan Podcast. Bye for now. Bye-bye. See ya.